One of the things we've seen is, you know, there's a struggle with too much money or not enough money, too much fame or not enough fame. And that odd distance between who I know I am and who the fans fantasize that I am and which of those I'm going to believe. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. That's Nectar what I'm talking about. Gods. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Oh, man, this is so good. Oh. Nice. Ah, coffee! Nice. You know, there's never not a bad time for coffee. Well, not really. Right before, right before bed? For me, right before I go to bed, I won't drink coffee. Actually, a few hours in between. But but for the most part, like if I didn't have a job to go to the next morning, uh, I could drink coffee right. anytime. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know, like I'm on, I, on, if I'm on vacation somewhere, you know, I'm in the sunny yeah. south on vacation at yeah. a resort or on an island or something like that. I could go for coffee because what do I care? You know, if I don't sleep right away, I'll just stay up. Totally. <laughs> totally. No. Anyways, um, I suppose uh, we should let people know that they're listening to Between the Grooves. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. I thought we were just having coffee. Okay. No, it's it's their weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. Although uh, this week, uh, we don't have any artists to uh, to have a conversation with, but something better. <laughs> Something better. Something better. This is a conversation we want to share with you uh, with Al Andrews and Matt Signore uh, of Porter's Call in Nashville. And essentially, they're a counseling service for touring artists. That's That's it. That's all I do. Yeah. But so much more. And that's the thing, man. I had a friend in Nashville. When I used to go down to Nashville, like, you know, two or three times a year, I had a friend in Nashville in the early, like, 2000s. And he was going to uh, Porter's Call. Yep. And uh, I remember I dropped him off there when I was born in his car for the day. I was dropping off. And, and he would rave about how good um, the therapy was there. And it was so specific to artists. Right. It was so specific to kind of like, it wasn't just kind of like, a, you know, just, you know, just anybody. It was very specific to like his needs, what he was doing, where he was at, where his family was at. Yeah. And he loved it so much. And I wished it was something like that here in Canada. These guys at Porter's Call get it. And the reason why they, they get do, it man. because is they're in the industry. These guys are in the music business. And so they That's know right. that you can't pull a fast one over these guys because they know where it's at, especially newer artists. I mean, I think newer artists should be getting plugged into something like that right away. There's so much, so much knowledge and, and, uh, you know, practical things that they could be doing as artists so that they don't run into problems two years down the road, five years down the road, 10 years down the road as artists, uh, make the time now and do, you know, some of the stuff that they offer. I mean, this is, this is gold. It really is. It really is. That we're, that we're going to share with you this conversation that we've had with Al Andrews and Matt Signore 
Um, these guys are on the front lines of the music business. These guys are in the business. Uh, Matt has worked at Warner Music for a number of years. Al started up Porter's Call 20 plus years ago. It's actually their 20th yeah. anniversary, uh, but he was doing it a little bit before that, before the nonprofit side happened. And That's what right. these guys are doing, like I cannot believe that they are the only ones doing this. And yet I don't, I don't know of anybody else that's doing this. Neither do I. I wish I did. I wish it was someone here close by. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. And, it's a and beautiful thing. And like you're probably, you know, listening to this right now, being a little foggy in your mind, thinking, what the heck are James and Drew talking about? Okay. okay. Let's get to this conversation now. Yes. This let's is do it. Al Andrews, Matt Signore from Porter's Call on Between the Grooves. Oh, my oh. we in trouble. I can tell. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh. So why don't we start by uh, finding out a bit more about Porter's Call. You guys are a nonprofit basically offering counseling and support to touring recording artists. And I got to ask, so either the year 2020 was really slow for you because no one was touring or it was really busy for you because no one was touring. I suspect it was the latter. You are absolutely correct. Um, <laughs> uh, the fact that everybody is home and they're not used to being home, so they have some time on their hands, plus the added um, uh, anxiety and depression and that comes with uh, the either the lack of income or the lack of doing what they love to do or both. Uh, we have had our phones ringing a lot and a lot of people coming in to talk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really, really tricky. I'm a musician as well. And so I've, I've, I feel, I feel that pain and 2020 was a really, really difficult year. Um, I'm still working things out. Thank God for therapy and all that. What? Yeah. So like, knowing that there's an influx and I'm sure I'm assuming that maybe that was probably the busiest time for you guys. Um, yes. So how does that play into even your own, like coping on your own? Like you're, you're hearing all these stories and caring a lot more. So not that you're carrying more emotional weight, but I'm sure there probably is the, 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 the potential for carrying a little more emotional weight because there's so many stories of like heartbreak and hardships. How do you guys like yeah, cope and self well, we, we all we all have we all have people to talk with as well, uh, as well as each other and support each other here at Porter's Call, and everybody has outlets that they uh, places where they can go, people where we can go talk with as well because it is a lot of weight and um, for everyone. And so during this time, I think one of the things that I've seen personally, but that I've encouraged other people as well. And our team has encouraged people is just, we, we can't be alone in this because the more alone, yeah. more voices you hear that say bad things. And, uh, you just need to be with people. So we we're all working hard at taking care of ourselves. And mm. I'm, I'm now back in, uh, New Jersey, but I'm for the, through the end of the year was working at uh, Warner music, Nashville, the label. And, when this started, 
uh, the thought was, you know, what do you do and do you put everything on pause? And we were lucky on the recorded music side that it was possible to continue to put out music. And so we found and you know, that thankfully artists that um, could find ways to create music or engage. So we, we had, we continued to release music and continued to make music. And I think that that at least helped to have that, you know, outlet and, and created an outlet to, for music to be in the hands of fans who were also struggling with every piece of the world that got impacted. So I think, uh, you know, we, we made that, decision uh, we made the decision as a group early on but our artists really made that decision for us <laughs> by saying you know and one of the, our biggest artists was kenny chesney who put out an album during the first couple of months of COVID, which was scheduled right. to come and the immediate thought was this has to stop the world and luckily i felt that those are ways to keep people engaged and occupied and and you know kenny said i wanted to bring his music to fans Wow. So, Matt, are you still involved with Warner, or is this a full-time thing? Because you're the, you're the new president of the board at Porter's Call. Is this is this uh, like your full-time venture now? Um, not full-time, but no, I am no longer with Warner. That that ended at uh, the end of December. Okay. Um, and and also moved. Um, I'm from the New York area and grew up in New York and live in New Jersey. So back with with family and uh, semi. And this is. A predominance of what I'm doing. I'm also going to uh, be doing some consulting work and stuff, but I'm not going to have, this will be the most significant real job that I have for sure. I may do some other stuff on top of it. So, but um, it was really a, um, a blessing that Al had asked me to get more involved. Um, it's uh, from my personal perspective, I feel like I've been in the music business for 30 years and made a living in this business and entirely inside of record companies and my livelihood and my ability to have a career was created because of the work and diligence and creativity and struggle of artists. So what Al's doing to bring peace and, and comfort to artists when they're in trouble, if, if that's something that I can support as a way to, you know, pay it back, um, I'm looking forward to doing that. And Al, this is something you started 20 years ago. I guess we should say happy birthday, right? Do you want to sing? Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I I like (laughs) cake and ice cream as well. There we go. Okay. All right. We'll set some down. Yeah. Yeah. It's on its way. Small gifts. Yeah. Yeah, And small gifts. I always say at Christmas time, Al, that uh, I always like to leave my front door ajar. And and then people, you know, the next leading question would be, well, why do you want to leave it ajar? And the reason why is because you're going to have to kick the door open. Why do you have to kick the door open? Well, it's because your arms are going to be so full of gifts that you won't be able to have a hand free to open it. Right. So I I suspect you're you're in this. You're my kind of guy. That's right. Right. Same boat. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. It is a happy birthday. (laughs) So (laughs) you started this 20 years ago. What made you uh, come up with this? I mean, I don't think we have anything like this in Canada, do we, Drew? I don't think so. Not something specific for musicians and artists. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I moved to town 20 years ago and started a private counseling practice in Nashville. And um, I just started seeing folks as as I built a practice. And by the end of my uh, first year, I noticed that uh, most of my 90% of my clientele were music related, um, whether it was a background singer or a drummer or an artist or a manager or an exec. 
And um, then, I, then I began to see that um, some artists that I began seeing um, were struggling with similar themes, I, you know. Um, and and as I began thinking more about that, I was thinking I had a I had a background in uh, college ministries and a church church thing. And as I was watching artists, I was thinking, you know, they couldn't come regularly because they were touring, and a lot of them couldn't afford me. And I was I was thinking that working with artists, I, I, I wasn't feeling effective. Because, you know, I, when I went to counseling, I went every Tuesday at 11, you know, and when I would go, we'd get the ball rolling and keep going. But I've never met an artist that could come every Tuesday at 11. Right. Right. You know, right. Because yeah. They're touring. <laughs> you or, know? or they're still sleeping. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And and so I, and and again, the money was an issue for a lot of people. And. I just had this little thought of I wanted to do something different because it just didn't seem like it was working. You know, I wanted to go have a cup of coffee with them or get on the phone with them and things like that. You can't do if you're a counselor in private practice. But so I, I, I decided that um, I wanted to do this little entrepreneurial thing. I thought, what if I went to five labels and asked them to buy a day of my practice? And then I would see their artists for free. Hmm. And uh, the first one I went to was EMI. Uh, it was Sparrow. It was Peter York at Sparrow. Oh, yeah. Bill Hearn, yep. Bill Hearn at EMI. Yep. And I uh, first went to Peter, and, and we just had this conversation. I said, Peter, you guys are spending a lot of money to get out, people out on the road and successful. And we're watching artists of all genres and all labels crash and burn. And uh, particularly in, in the Christian industry, um, but, but in others, if, if uh, something happens to an artist, everybody loses. Uh, the artist loses, the label loses, and the reputation of the faith loses. So uh, I just said, would you guys be interested in spending some money on their hearts and souls in addition to their careers? And Peter said, well, yes, we would. And it kind of caught me off guard because I didn't have a plan after that. <laughs> but um, so I actually said uh, he and Bill talked about it, and they said we'll buy Wednesdays. And so uh, let's let, they said let's try it out for a few months, and we did it for about three months. And artists had a place to come for free, and we could talk. I could talk to a young couple who didn't have any money for three hours. And at the end of that three hours, I could just uh, hug them goodbye and say, see you next week. And they didn't have to hand me a lot of money. And after three months, Bill and Peter came back and said, something is working. Um, artists, um, and, and they, by the way, said, we'll buy Wednesdays, but it's open to any artist from any label, not just ours. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Which was, and, well, you know, if you know any industry, you, you don't take care of everybody else's people. You take care of your own. Yeah. But um, it was such a magnanimous gift. It sticks with us to this day. Um, and so um, at, at the end of three months, they came back and said, something's happening. We like it. Uh, uh, we think this needs to grow. Would you guys be interested in moving nonprofit? We think and we'll go shake the trees in the industry and um, get people to help support it. And so that was 20 years ago. And. Uh, moved after a while from just uh, 
Christian artists to country, rock, pop, uh, even goth, which was an interesting thing. But anyway, um, and so uh, that's kind of how it got going, and it's grown uh, since then. And we have a staff of four, uh, actually five now, and um, probably see about 40 individuals a week now. Wow. So... Yeah. What I mean, without you know sharing too many details, are there some commonalities in some of the stories that you're hearing? Okay, what I'm trying to ask is, um, I'm sure there's a lot of things that uh, common threads throughout a lot of the stories that you hear. Yeah. Is there certain warning signs you can give us, like, hey, artists, maybe if you feel this, it might be good to check in, like. (laughs) <laughs> is there something you know what I'm saying? Is there something you can share without giving you know details? Of what well, you know, about? you know, it's it's interesting. Not long ago, we did right before COVID, we did a um, a thing for new artists, um, and we called it prehab. Um, and it was, <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. That's awesome. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, and basically, it's it's like let's tell you as much as we can about things that you're going to be facing and warning signs. And, and, and it was a great day because we were able to talk about, um, you know, just things that you're going to face. And, and, and Matt could probably join in with this in terms of things that he sees, but I, I think, you know, artists struggle with everything um, you and I struggle with, but it's turned up. The volume has turned up because they're in the public eye. Right. And, yeah. and so um, one of the things we've seen is, you know, there's a struggle. There's a struggle with too much money or not enough money, too much fame or not enough fame. Um, and that odd distance between who I know I am and who the fans fantasize that I am. Oh, wow. And, and which of those I'm going to believe. Um, yeah, I think, and, and so, yeah. No, I was, I'm sorry to, if I interrupted, but, um, you know, I was going to, from, from my perspective, having uh, been introduced to Porter's Call about four years ago when I got to Nashville um, and saw how, we at the label um, introduced this concept to artists. The, your, to answer your question about uh, were there early warning signs, our head of A&R, uh, a woman named Chris Lacey, basically says to artists when, when, they sign, when she signs them, number one, this is available to you because of this wonderful organization when you need it. But it's not even about because there are any warning signs. Like it's because you are going, these are the things you are going to experience. Mm. Like it's not, it's a kind of a given as opposed, you know, so since, since this world that Al just described is what you're embarking on now that, um, you know, which Al just said so eloquently between success and failure, please, you know, take advantage of this. So that's how I'm, I was, that's how it was introduced to me. And I've been at record companies at that point, you know, more than 25 years. And it's like, wow, what a, what a great way to, especially, um, and in, in, in I'm in a, you know, one of Nashville's, uh, 
obviously uh, mostly in country. Um, most of the artists are young men in their late 20s. Obviously, there's young women as well. But it's, you know, they're and they're going to tour. So there are, there's some there's so many similarities to about what's about to happen to them in their lives. So she just says, this is what's happening. And uh, and we've we've and Al will correct me or you know ask you guys to delete this part of the tape no we have there's a, there's a definitely <laughs> a significant amount of uh, the roster in Nashville who who've utilized the service because it also it also gets introduced in a non-threatening way it's not like you have a problem you need help it's you're going to encounter these things and they may have a problem and need help as well and it's real but it's also introduced in a way that it's a part of how you stay healthy as an artist right and does this does this service uh, include, I guess, the rest of the family? Because when you're touring, if you're a guy, like you say, a lot of your clients are are predominantly male because you know they're in the country world or whatever else, and they're and they're traveling, they're they're on the road, they're away from home a lot. This would impact family life for sure. Sure, you know, we what we do is we we say it it we're available to. The families of touring artists, and what that really means is we're available to um, uh, uh, wives and husbands, and if their kids need help, we have good referral resources that um, that we can get kids help if they need it. But it is, you know, we've you know we've done some seminars on and workshops on on the road again, or how your marriage can survive this tour. And just have some tips and things that we've seen and kind of preventative maintenance is what we really want to get into. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have this thing that I I go, okay, the human soul, I don't believe, is built for fame. It's just not. And so if we know that and and people are going to – some people get famous, what can we do to help – guard against the the negative trappings of fame and notoriety. And so a lot of what we want to do down the road is is continue to do preventative as well as 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 well as doing triage when we need to. And right. So and I think for us it's just important that um it's always been free. Uh no matter how much you make, um we never ask artists for money. Um, uh, and that's just been important, um, for us because if, if somebody doesn't have, uh, much money and a lot of artists don't, and they're beginning out, you know, uh, they can come and get help. And if people have loads of money, um, often we can be that one entity in their life that doesn't make money from them. And that. That means something. That means something. Do you uh, do you ever have artists that are well off? And and uh, I, I'm just I'm trying to draw an analogy here. Do they? Do you ever have ones that you have helped out and they are doing well in their careers where they've offered you money? Like, do you accept donations? Actually, we do. Um, and you know, when when an artist comes to us, I'm. The name Porter's Call comes from a 5th century monastery where a hmm. porter uh, in the old monasteries was somebody who, when someone knocked on the door, he opened the door and welcomed them in by saying, thanks be to God and your blessing, please. Um, he was in charge of hospitality. 
So he would let them in and help them find the way to what they needed. If they needed food, he'd feed them. If they needed rest, he'd give them a place to stay. If they needed wise counsel, he'd give them wise counsel. If they needed prayer, they'd pray for them. But the second part, your blessing, please, says basically, you know, if we bless you, uh, someday you'll bless us back. And um, we've we've seen that happen. Um, artists of means and some without uh, decide on their own to bless us back. And they've been very generous over the years. Um, but that's something that's up to them. And uh, we don't ask for it. But sometimes when artists come in the door, they'll say, how much is this? And they'll say, it, it's free. And we'll say, but, you know, sometime in your career, uh, uh and it could be 20 years from now. Bless us back so the next generation can still have this service. And they do. And they do. There was one time when a little band who um, really made nothing, um, and, and they're, they're a band, and they tithe to us because they were not in the church because they were gone every weekend. And uh, they tithed, and they gave us uh, $200 a month. And put that uh, put that down on paper, that's 10% of $2,000 a month. Yeah. Um, so there's been some extreme generosity from people who don't have the money and people who do. And... Uh, well, the the, the two hundred dollars a month. I mean, it tells you two things. Number one, it tells you how much the band is making, which not it's which is not a lot. Right. It, but it also right. shows you how much the two hundred dollars a month can can grow over the course of a year, because that's that's money that uh, one person could give that may or may not. I guess the analogy I was getting to before is uh, in Christian radio, many, many Christian radio stations across North America are listener supported. In other words, they they rely on donations, their their charities, basically, and they're relying on donations from listeners. Now, the radio station I work for is a commercial radio station, but time and time again, I'll have somebody come up to me and say, hey, I'd like to donate this money to the radio station, and I, I can't take it. <laughs> like, buy me a coffee or something, but I can't can't take your donation but but it's 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 incredible to see you know the fact that your your motto is you don't ask for money and yet uh like you said 20 years later they might come back and say here we want to bless you yeah and and the other the other part um and uh, is that we we do ask for money from people who make money from healthy artists Right. Um, so that would be that would be uh, labels, management, um, you know, other other entities, and they give generously to us as well. So, yeah, and that you know, going. It, one of the things I was struck by when I was introduced to it, and then saw, you know, all the, the positive impact, and I and you know, Al could speak better to this, right? When when people. The folks that started it, right, and uh, you, your guys' reaction to, and they said, let it be a service to all 
artists on all labels, you're like, wow, right? Well, then think of the other end, which are the labels who got that benefit. And that's kind of what I bumped into by the time I got exposed to Porter's Call. And it's kind of an interesting dynamic that Al and I have talked about where it's it's not really, I've, I've tried to instill in folks on my side of this as, you know, working for companies that make money from artists, is that it's not really charity. It's not just another organization asking you for something kind of indirect or just a good thing. It's like you're actually getting a service for this on behalf of your artist that benefits you, and you should you should pay for it as opposed to donate to it. <laughs> you know, if that yeah. you're kind of you you happen to be getting it for free, which is cool, and it's really important that the artist gets it for free. But it kind of shouldn't be free to you <laughs> as the record company who's <laughs> right. benefiting from it. And so I've promised Al that I'm now that I'm now I'll move forward from just bothering Warner with that and bother others who are who are who are wonderful to Al and very complimentary and give something, but certainly not to the level that will allow for more folks to be seen. And, and given as you guys started this conversation with around a time where entering the second year of not touring and artists really struggling you know, the likelihood yeah. that you know there's going to be more need for this so that's hopefully something i can you know try to try to frame in a way that not only do the artists not have to um pay and someone like al can just do the give the blessings he gives and let's let me be the one to go you know hey guys this is you know you need to help more you know and i'm hopeful i'm hopeful yeah. and we've we've seen some of that already and hopefully yeah. um um, I can, I want to, I want to help do that. And, and, you know, that's, it's, it's again, but I, uh, I said it already, but I guess I'm repeating myself, but it is kind of a mantra that I have is that, you know, in my experience, um, I worked for a guy named Leo Cohen for years who told us artists make payday possible. Those of you who are an artist, artists make payday possible. Mm-hmm. So these folks have given their lives to create an industry that lots of us get to be part of. And I just want to inspire those of us who benefited from it to pay it back. So I love that. That's so good. Um, I want to, I want to sort of open up a little bit of a discussion on something. Um, and this is just off of what Al said earlier that really hit me actually kind of hard. Um, uh, I, I will get your words wrong, Al. I'm sorry, but I think what I heard was that um, we as humans, the like, we're not our souls aren't made for fame. Yeah. Um, which is like that is so powerfully true, and I cannot believe. It. So, um, my question is, well, I'll start by a quick story. So, on the weekend, I was um teaching at a church, and we're talking about. I was talking about how um we are all going through this this incredible collective grief as, as, as I mean, yeah. it's a church or as a community or as a nation or as the world. Um, and sometimes the best way to kind of destroy that is by um, not just sharing our grief, but actually injecting some sort of collective hope. And there's different ways in which we can mm-hmm. do that. I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, so even fame can bring about a whole lot of grief if someone isn't prepared for it, ready for it. And, and like you said, our souls aren't made for that. So I'm curious, um, where does that kind of sense of what, oh man, I'm trying to format my question better. Um, when I think about artists going through the sense of grief, sometimes they're not even aware of that. How, uh, how can they, how can we, um, fight against that? Um, if we don't have the, 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 you know, the opportunity to come see you guys, 
or sometimes people might even think about therapy at all. What's the way that we can sort of fight against that sense of um, uh, how can we better insulate our souls against fame, even though fame is kind of part of our job? That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, that's a that, great took, that took you 10 minutes um, to ask that, Drew. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was like asking it, trying to figure out what I wanted to say. I know, I, I know, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> so, does that, does that, does well, that question know, make sense? It, does that it, make sense? It, yeah, it, it does. You know, it, it, when I say that, you know, that the soul, Alan, I was talking to some friend, a manager the other day, and, um, and, and just saying, okay, your job is to make someone famous. That's your job, really. I mean, it sounds a little crass, but that's their job. In a, in a record yeah. company, their job is to make people famous at, at one level. And and there's nothing wrong with that job. You know, that's their job. And, and um, if that's true, then we need to uh, try to surround that artist um, in ways that um, help them deal with this thing that's not natural. And so um, some of that is just um, getting in relationship with people who really don't care. And by that, I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. That, I mean, like like my wife. You know? Like my wife. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't. She really doesn't care what I because, of course, I do the morning show at Joy Radio in Toronto. And you know what? I mean, she'll listen. She'll wake me up. But but she really doesn't care much about my job. <laughs> and a lot of people go, oh, my God, he's just so amazing. I love to hear him in the morning. He's famous, you know. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah, people that don't care. And I've, I've always encouraged artists, keep some of your old friends that know you who don't care that you're famous and are not going to use that, but they just care about you. Uh, some of it is that. And some of it is being able to be in a relationship with people who will um, tell you the truth and not what you want to hear. Uh, so a lot of it is a perspective of, of realizing that fame is just this silly thing where people treat you differently, um, where you get the first place in line. Um, you know, the difference with somebody famous and somebody me is that, you know, Adele, Adele came to town and I really wanted to go see her. And as soon as I punched the little button on my computer, it was sold out. But if a famous person wanted to go the night before, they get the front row of the balcony. Yeah. You know? And, and sometimes it's just, uh, you know, I, um, I'll tell somebody sometimes that sometimes you're going to be offered things and you just need to say no to them because um, you need to remember what it's like to not be able to get a reservation. Um, and if somebody gives you something, give it to somebody that doesn't have it. You know, so a lot of times it's trying to for for somebody who's dealing with fame, be in a relationship with people who don't care. And who will say to you, if you start acting famous, that's stupid or that really looked bad on you or something like that. You know? so, Just put you in your place. Um, Absolutely. What, 
I, I heard a story of somebody that was famous, and they had one of their old high school friends visit with them, and they were uh, backstage, and somebody brought some bananas, and the bananas had a bruise on them, and they sent them back, and their high school friend went nuts, just said, oh, did the banana have a bruise on it? And really, <laughs> I love it. Just, really just gave it to them in a and i think that was very healthy yeah and i'm not saying that all all famous people that are are you know bad but i i know that uh, god would never let me be famous because one only one time was i bumped into first class by accident or something and gosh it was about two hours into the into the flight that I was kind of looking in the back, wanting those people with peanuts to be a little quieter, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know so, that's right. so it's kind of like, uh, that's why I can't be famous. Cause I'd probably love it, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I do have enough friends that like Matt that would slap me down. But, but I think some of it is, is when we did this, uh, new artist boot camp. We had three uh, artists who had a, a a level of fame that they didn't have, and we did a little panel called "Been There, Done That." And um, these artists uh, who were famous really told stories of how uh, fame is not all it's cracked up to be, and um, you just need people in your lives to keep it real. Right. Yeah. That's so helpful. Yeah, it is. I, I really like that. I really yeah. like that. And I, then when we're not, well, not on this, I'll tell you what a real prima donna owl is, which I certainly have found out. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he visited me in Jersey in November. I mean, it was like uh, the royal visit. But okay. I mean, he, he tells a good story. There we go. <laughs> the truth comes when out. Matt, when, Matt, when Matt became president of the board, I said, you know, Matt, I think it'd be great if I had a driver to bring me down to the <laughs> But um, Matt did not respond to that really well. <laughs> Just ignored that email. That's right. That's right. I, I was thinking, you know, now that I've got this guy who is a COO of Warner, I could get some goodies here. But uh, anyway, he's fortunately, he's a friend who. <laughs> oh, man. It's. It's so fun. Like I think of there's so many musicians uh, that I know of who hate fame and hate their job because there's potential of fame, um, or if they once they reach that level of fame, they hate it. And the, and I've I I got it from the aspect of the paparazzi, and I understood it from like yeah. you know maybe being being harassed too much, maybe on the street, but I never actually saw it from that perspective. How yeah, it can ruin you from the inside out. It's almost like. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's almost not your life anymore, right? This is right. This is it. Right. Yeah, it's like you it's have to, you have this persona that that people expect from you, and so uh, you can't you can't have a life. You can't have your private time. It, there is no such thing, especially you know with the advent of of social media and stuff. Like everybody expects oh you to be on your game all the time now. Yeah, yeah and and there there it doesn't leave you room for failure. Uh, right. Because if you you fail, you're on the front page of People magazine or some other one, or you know, and and um, that's it. You know, often, and um, and the the expectation is to live up to people's fantasy of you. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll see somebody on TV 
and they play this really nice role and they're wonderful and fun and I think that's who they are and it may be but they may be just horrible people but I've fantasized them to be this person who when they're you know it, it's sort of like when you see somebody give a talk that's really good or a preacher or you see somebody give a concert they're at their best and we want them to be at their best, but then we assume that's who they are. And yeah. like you say, your wife, their family, no, no, we know who they are, but we fantasize. We need that. We need for somebody to be what we aren't, you know? And so there's a lot of pressure uh, that comes with that. There's a, a, a documentary coming out. Maybe actually, I think it's already out. Um, I'm hoping to see it on the weekend. Uh, it's a, uh, about Britney Spears, uh, framing Britney Spears, and just wow. how the, the industry essentially has like, collapsed in on her, and just, and I mean, even on her journey, no one ever talked about like mental health. No one ever talked about you know that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, well, but when you think about her journey, it's like this is she was treated horribly by this industry that she made a whole lot of money for. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think about that too. Like going back to your quote, is how we're not really meant for fame. And, and my heart goes out to well, I, I, people. Who I think live that's why I appreciate, I appreciate folks like Matt, whose company took it very seriously. And, and as I said, when a new artist came in and, and a number of, a number of uh, record labels, Christian country and others um, say to people at the beginning, uh, this is not going to be a normal life. And, right. and so we want you to get help on this end of it. Because when, when I see somebody, you know, that didn't have that and started very young, um, it just breaks my heart because nobody, I, I would not be prepared for fame. And I would need a lot of help with it. Um, and I'm 66, you know, and yeah. I, I don't know anybody that is well prepared, but that's why we want to get, get with people early and say, you know, this is, um, I, I did, I wrote a little thing called, uh, the artist way. And it's like 20 mm-hmm. different things that if you do, you might stay healthy, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because, you know, the person who, uh, Chris Lacey at Warner, who, who was the you know uh, the person who runs that at Warner to this day, and she is absolutely the type of person, regardless of level of success, as her artists struggle, she sticks with them and and just is you know signs up for being part of their lives in that way, regardless of success. But you know, thirty years of being at companies that make money on artists um, in this business, you know, what I've said to Al is not everybody is, you know, built that way, right? And feels the need to do that. So on top of it being the right thing and just being the right thing, um, it's also inspiring folks that actually it's good business. Like if you don't, right. if, you're not, if you don't have a natural proclivity to help people, well, help this person be healthy. And by the way, you'll you'll probably make even more money. You know, what I'm saying? Right. be healthier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they'll be yeah. healthier. You'll be a better person. They'll be a better person, and they'll you know they'll just be better off. And I think it does. I don't you know you you hoped you hope more people would fall on the side of just wanting to do the right thing. But if there's money in it for them as well, like I might might as well inspire them, even if it's for the wrong reason. You know. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also one of the things that I, I think it's important to do with this prehab idea is I talk, anytime I talk to a young artist who's just getting going, I'll, I'll press in a little bit and just say, okay, here's the deal. Um, uh, I'm assuming right now you might not have an addiction, but um, let's say you're, you get a lot of money and a lot of fame and a lot of pressure and, and you're having some problems in your life. Um, do you know what your addiction would be? And they always do, <laughs> you know, whether it's uh, porn or alcohol or weed or, or, or eating or whatever. Um, they generally kind of go, yeah, it would probably be this. And I go, well, let's start working on that now. Um, let's start talking about moderation. Let's start talking about the signs of addiction because um, you're going to try to find a way to comfort yourself. You're going to try to find a, medic, a way to medicate. Let's discover that now before you're medicating and start dealing with it. And that right. just turned out to be a real um, helpful thing because, you know, it's like instead of waiting till somebody crashes, let's see. Everybody's going to crash at some level. We all do. But maybe there are some things that um, – we can do beforehand to deal with this craziness yeah. that we all have. Yeah. This is, this is all such amazing stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking back over the last, of course, everybody's had a lot of time over the, over, on their hands over the last year or so. And I've seen so many documentaries on, you know, people that were famous in the past. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to, you know, name drop all these different docs and, and, uh, and, uh, movies and stuff, but, but there was a, a general, um, consistency in a lot of them about fame and the addictions that went hand in hand. Like maybe it was, you know, they're, they're performing so much that by the time they go to bed, they can't sleep. So now it's sleeping pills and that leads to other pills and, or, or maybe it was something else, you know, and there's so much yeah. of that, that people really don't think about getting into this industry. I think this is, this, this is an amazing conversation. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, it's, um, I, one of the things that I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary on Amy Winehouse, just called Amy, but mm. I ask every artist to watch it because it starts out with a 15 year old singing at a birthday party and just loving life and having the best time. And the whole documentary is mostly cell phone footage and, and you watch a person die over two hours. Right. Um, and you watch and, and it's, it's tragic and unnecessary and absolutely unnecessary. Um, but you can watch the decisions being made that are really bad decisions. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we'd love to talk with that 16 year old girl. You know, and hopefully there are more people that are starting in their 20s because I think that's a little smarter, but that's a whole other conversation. So, but, um, yeah, just just knowing that there are things that can be done um, it doesn't everybody doesn't have to be a train wreck. And so, no, and I think it's interesting you said that, Al, because um it's the idea of even the decision um, about when someone enters this, you know, this arena. And it, it has, as you know, having been at companies that, you know, when they sign, when you make the decision to sign an artist, both from 
is this person ready and what's, you know, or are they a fully formed person, you know, <laughs> and, and, and making that part of the decision making process. Cause the person at 16 can't make that decision or 20 because they're just talented and whatever. How do you cultivate that? But also shying away sometimes from someone who <laughs> isn't ready, not just for the business side of it, but because it's, you know, you're putting them in harm's way, you know? Yeah, so anyway. true. So true. Listen, guys, thanks so much for uh, hanging with us on Between the Grooves. This is a conversation that uh, I hope a lot of people listen to because this is so, so important, especially as we started, you know, over the course of the last year, you know, people have lost their livelihood. People have lost their jobs. People uh, have been in situations that they didn't expect. And this is beyond just, of course, the music industry, but more so now, you know, just talking about in general uh, about the fact that, you know, people need to have these conversations. Uh, they're not going to survive otherwise, right? Yeah. 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 It's so true. Well, thank you so much for having us. It's been a yeah, pleasure. Thank you very much. With you. And I'll send you my address uh, for that birthday gift. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, guys. And if you guys ever want to open up a Canadian chapter, I'll totally sign up for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be talking. Woo-wee. That was so good, man. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people get into the music business uh, with this in mind. You know, a lot of times it's for the girl or it's, because, or it's <laughs> for the fame intentionally want to be famous. You yeah, know, that's true. Um, yeah. They've got a time and they might even be really talented, but knowing the consequences of some of the actions that you take or not even think about going into this, that will just evolve and happen in your life, uh, especially if you're younger and you don't have a support system in place. This is, this is big. This is, this is a big totally, deal, you know, totally. I remember when I first started getting into music, uh, into Christian music, I, I knew that I, I didn't really care about the fame. I just wanted to be able to do music and hopefully be able to provide for my family. Right. That's all I cared about. Yeah. I didn't care about all everything else. I just, as long as I can do it and do it right and do it well and do by and do right by my kids and stuff, I'm fine. But man, when he dropped the whole line about the human soul was not made for fame, that was like there it is. I think. I think maybe there was something in me internally that was like, yeah, I don't like, I, I don't want to be famous because I don't, maybe I'm not ready for that. Maybe that's not a good thing for me. And right. It's not a good thing for anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it was such a great conversation. I love that we had this opportunity to talk with them. So good. Make sure you check out porterscall.com. Find all the links to their social media and everything that they're all about. And if I can say, if you're an artist or you're a musician, uh, if you can't connect with them, connect with somebody that can help mm-hmm. you, especially in the beginning of your career. And if you are not an artist or a musician and you're listening to this, why not support an organization that helps artists and musicians? Because we all win in the end. Just as these guys have told us, we all win in the end. We really do. That's right. You know what? Honestly, therapy should be for everybody. <laughs> Whether you're a musician, a pastor, it doesn't matter. I think we can all use a little support, especially in these trying times. So yeah, I'm so happy that there are people like those guys who are doing Porter's Call stuff. So good. I guess it's time for artist advice. It is. And hey, that's it. so let's do this thing. Today we got Mr. Matt Marr. To stay rooted in your identity, not in your talent. What? What? He's done? <laughs> I was short. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but, you know, a very, very similar message to what we just heard in our conversation exactly. with Al and Matt, uh, you know, staying rooted and just, you know, it's it's 
basically simplifying this whole thing, this whole music world that we're all in. Just stay rooted. That's right, man. Stay true to your identity. Be yourself, no matter what they say. I think, I think that is key, and that will help you maintain some sense of mental health in this journey of being a musician and artist i was going to say sanity i was just going to say sanity give you sanity yeah 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 totally yeah Yeah. there you go that is it for this week folks once again we hope you enjoyed the show make sure you subscribe to the podcasts we have new episodes dropping every monday and uh, we would appreciate if you leave us a rating Uh, we certainly appreciate that and if you have uh, anything that you'd like to comment on a particular episode uh, we'd be happy to hear about that as well that all of that just helps us reach more people Mm-hmm. And you can find us on social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook at Between Grooves. Connect with us there, hang out, chat it up, because we love social media. I'm on it all the time. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's too it. Too much, done? buddy. Too much. Are we done? This coffee is working. Let me tell you, it's doing its thing. I'm ready. Let's do five more episodes. <laughs> this guy's wide awake. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready.